Hey everyone, Ed Helms here. You might know me as Andy from The Office or Stu from The Hangover, or you might know me as the co-founder of BGS. I know, I'm just as surprised as you. They let me co-found something. But here's the thing, we're doing it again. Yeah, this time we're leaping into our other deep love, the vast and vibrant world of country music with something we're calling Good Country. Now this isn't just another newsletter. Think of Good Country as a place. A place where you can explore, learn, and dig into all of what makes country good. Seriously, country music has so much going on these days, and it's coming from so many different deep and soulful places, and we're here to cover all of it. Just as we've done for Bluegrass and Roots Music at BGS for over a decade. So sign up now at goodcountrybgs.substack.com and let us bring you the many sides of country music straight to your inbox. Good country. It's a nice place to be. Hey, it's Cindy Howes from the podcast Basic Folk, where we have honest conversations with folk musicians. Check out our very special 250th episode featuring an interview and performance with Basic Folk co-host Lizzie No. I feel like most women I know have an experience where They've been working and working and working to perform and to execute and to please everyone else. And then things sort of fall apart a little bit in some way or another. And partying can actually be a really important step towards getting free because it shows you where you need to fall apart and being on the dance floor, like in community with mm. other women and mm -hmm. in community with queer people. Mm -hmm. Like for me, those experiences have been so important. This time, Lizzie is on the other side of the mic talking about and performing songs from their brand new album, Half Seas. Basic Folk's 250th episode with Lizzie No is streaming now on the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. Join us there or wherever you get podcasts. Thompson Guitars makes handcrafted instruments in Oregon and is a proud sponsor of the Travis Book Happy Hour. Their guitars are built with select tone woods, including Brazilian rosewood. Go to pktguitars.com for more information about their different models and appointments available from their custom shop. What I like about any art is just sort of like when it opens up into some sort of portal where it's not necessarily telling you what to think or spelling things out for you, but just opening your mind into a space where you then can explore your own being. And that's uh, sort of the, the meta new age description of it. But, um, you know, I, I, I feel like by the act of seeing somebody get enraptured in, in, in art or a piece of art that was, that was birthed out of out of an honest intention, I think, I think that inspires indirectly um, anyone who comes in contact with it. Welcome to the Travis Book Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Travis Book. This episode is brought to you by Thompson Guitars, makers of fine instruments, handmade with love, and Sisters Oregon podcast is presented by Americana Vibes and the Bluegrass Situation, and our show is part of the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. You can dive into all things Roots music anytime at thebluegrasssituation.com. 
Chris Jacobs is an enigma. The question is always, why is this guy not more famous? Searing guitar, incredible heartfelt songwriting, genre-defying vocals, and an incredibly positive vibe and outlook. There's really none better than Chris Jacobs. I asked him to come to Western North Carolina to do a couple shows, and it just so happened we shared the stage the weekend prior at the Telluride Bluegrass Festival. So I was lucky to get to spend a lot of time with Chris over the course of a week. I really enjoyed the music in the interview, and I'm looking forward to more music with him in the future. This podcast is an edited distillation of the full-length Happy Hour, which aired live on June 22nd of 2022. Live from the Great Eagle in Asheville, the Pearl of Carolina, is the Travis McHappy Hour. With special guest, Chris Jacobs. The house, Happy Hour House Band featuring Devin Neal on the drums. And now your host, Travis Book. Ah, good evening. Welcome to the Happy Hour. Usually my good friend Bill comes and MCs, but it's it's busy in the summer, and he's out working. He's got a better-paying gig um, tonight. Uh, so I am my own announcer tonight. It's just like it was back in the old days. Uh, yeah, welcome to Happy Hour. Tonight, we've got the incredible Chris Jacobs here from Baltimore. Yeah. I've been a, um, I've been a fan of his for a long time, and I'm part of a growing contingent who cannot understand why Chris is not rich and famous. Um, he's a tremendous musician, a great singer-songwriter, incredibly kind and generous. I first met him on Jam Cruise a few years ago, and uh, I was immediately drawn to his incredibly good vibes. Um, I hit him up on Instagram a few months ago and was thrilled when our calendars aligned and he figured out he could make this happen tonight. We had a killer gig last night in Brevard, and I'm looking forward to playing again this evening. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was in California, and I was at a festival. I was talking with someone who'd seen a lot of these shows. There's a few people who watched a lot of these. <laughs> particularly during the pandemic. And she was reminding me that early on, I talked a lot about the challenges I was facing trying to keep uh, like an open heart and an open mind in the face of so much negativity and, and divisive rhetoric. And while the content and the context of all this stuff changes, uh, the challenge continues, as they say. Um, currently, the topic is is, uh, you know, is, is, is gun control and what to do about all these mass shootings. And it's really, it's really, if nothing else, it's just really disheartening and solutions seem really hard to come by. Um, you know, how do, we, how do we preserve individual liberty while keeping public spaces safe? And there's no obvious solution, uh, at least not to me, I'm not an expert, but it doesn't seem like as a people, like we're really even like willing to try uh, some things. And it's, um, it's just more like thoughts and prayers and red herrings like, mental health funding. Um, but I think the important thing is just to not give up hope and to not forget. Um, it's easy, you know, you get sort of sort of desensitized. It happens every day. Um, and I think, I think we just need to continue to keep our minds and our hearts open and try to continue to love because, you know, uh, as Martin Luther King said, you know, hate can't drive out hate. Only love can do that. So. That's my hope for tonight. Now I'll play a song. 
then I'll say a couple more things, and then we'll get Chris Jacobs out of here. Devin Neal on the drums. I met Devin yesterday. Hi. <laughs> Maybe like a few hours before the gig. And, he, and he's cool. Thanks. Yeah, you're, you're a hip cat, man. Wow, Incredibly it. useful. This may not be your last time here, although the gig's not over yet. Say. Hey, I got, I got more things I want to talk about. I hope that's okay. It won't take long. You know, I just got back from the Telluride Bluegrass Festival, and um, it was the 49th edition of the Telluride Bluegrass Festival. It was my, I think I've been there like 13 times, including when I was two years old, and my parents took me back in 1983. And I was just there for the day. I almost made it through Willie Nelson, but then I had a meltdown. <laughs> my dad loves to remind me of that. But it was my 10th time playing there, and I feel so grateful to be part of it. It's, um, it's kind of like the home of new grass or jam grass or new acoustic music. Uh, the lineup was really great. They had Tenacious D. That's right. Dick jokes for days. 
Phil and Friends, Tyler Childers, as well as the usual suspects like Sam Bush and the Punch Brothers and Green Sky Bluegrass. The weather was typical mountain weather with some like blazing hot days in the sun mixed with some summer rains and cool nights. Uh, I got to see some good friends and I played under the lights with my string duster brothers, which was very, very nice. My girlfriend Corey and I, we climbed Mount Sneffels on the way to the festival and soaked in Orvis Hot Springs on our way out. It was like a really uh, perfect and iconic weekend. It just had all the elements. It was so, the reason I tell you is because it was just so good to be back um, at that festival, seeing friends and doing the normal stuff in the birthplace of the music that I love so much and that I've dedicated my life to. And it reminded me how beautiful this community is and I just wanted to say that I'm like forever grateful to Craig Ferguson and the entire Planet Bluegrass family for the opportunity to play in that valley. Um, I'll be back next year for the 50th, whether they ask me to be there or not. <laughs> um, so big hand to, 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 to those folks and the kind of work they put in. Part of, the other reason I tell you about it is because it, as I tune down, I think a lot of us spent the last a lot of us have spent a lot of time feeling isolated. And alone. And now that, you know, we're back from the pandemic times, or like in like phase three of the pandemic, I don't even know what the hell's going on anymore, but it's not like it was. You know, we can all be together, and it's, um, God, it feels really good to be together. Uh, a couple months ago, uh, I'm, uh, I, uh, these very good friends of mine, um, my best friend, TC, and his friend David, they helped make a music video for this song. And they had to hear this song about a thousand times in two days. You can hear them laughing. They're like, oh, he's going to do it again, isn't he? But I'm going to play this song anyway. Song I wrote during the pandemic. On Instagram, actually, while I was trying desperately to stay connected and not lose my mind. Am I? The only one here breathing Am I The only one awake Is my The only heart that's beating The choir it's almost more than I can take I have painted all these walls Still they haunt me I have waited for so long Still I'm wanting at night Wander through my memory of what seemed like only passing shore, but still, it's only just a reimagining of 
Chris Jacobs is here. I have some questions I'm going to ask him. Um, man, thank you so much thank for you, making man. the trip and taking the time. I'm so glad we finally were able to do this. 
you played you played a lot of music. We'll get we'll get to that. Where did where? Give us a little context. Where where did you grow up? I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. I was, I was gonna I, I was gonna say you're you're uh, I was gonna ask why did you why did you end up in Baltimore? But that answers That's my question. Because I was born there. Yeah. Did you, did you ever leave? Uh, you know, went away to college and um, came back, and it's it's home. Always has been. Always felt like home. Got family there, and Baltimore's great. Gets a bad rap out there, but it's it's a great town. Well, you're definitely helping elevate its reputation. That's good. Yeah. Me and me and the wire, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> how did you uh, How did you get started playing music, making music? You know, I. Um, my parents were huge music fans, deadheads, and uh, you know, listened to, to good stuff in the house. I, of course, hated the Grateful Dead till I was a teenager. <laughs> and um, you know, around that time, I, uh, I saw a friend playing a guitar once, and I just thought it looked so fun and looked so cool. And I'd always loved music, but never really took it seriously. So I guess I was about 15, and I asked for some guitar lessons, and then went to my first Grateful Dead show and said, yeah, I think I want to do this. Yeah. That was sort of, that was it. So with parents being deadheads, I, I, did you, did you, do deadheads go to church? Did you grow up in the church at all? No, nah, I'm Jewish. Oh. <laughs> so no. Still? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say I'm overly religious, but um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I grew up totally normal suburban childhood, you know. We talked about this. It's uh, I got I got nothing nothing dramatic to report to the to the PR people. Yeah, we were having we were having <laughs> we were having breakfast this morning and talking about how uh you know, we were both kind of um stricken with the musical misfortune of coming from, you know, decent upbringings, <laughs> decent homes and never yeah. struggling with you know, drug addiction or any anything that would be, be like really newsworthy or make our stories particularly compelling, um, or just like really like like friendly, yeah. middle-aged white dudes. Yeah, you know, isn't this an interesting program, by the way? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get much edgier than this. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, how do you like? So, uh, how how do you do you wax your beard? I mean, like, I, I, where do we go from here? Um, right. <laughs> uh, you know, but we just, you know, but we just do our best. You know, you can't be anything other than you are, wh oh, what course. you are. And that's something else that we kind of arrived at is that you just kind of have to just continue to do what you do. And, and you know, yes. you make music and you, and it means something to you, then hopefully it'll mean something to somebody else. That's it. Well, your music means a lot to me. When, Thank you. when did you write your first song? When did you start writing music? Uh, I think I dabbled in writing songs before anybody saw them, you know, um, I think I was in college and, uh, you know, writing sappy songs that I think I was the only one that ever heard. Were any of them any good? Uh, nah, <laughs> no, obviously, like, no, but they were, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't ever play them for anybody if I could even remember them, but, you know, it was, you got to start somewhere and, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I just started doing it and then, um, out of, after college, I uh, soon formed the band The Bridge with my good, yeah, 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 yeah. With my good buddy Kenny Liner, and uh, that's really when I started writing songs, taking it seriously, and really trying to, to, to keep doing it. And 
Uh, do you write, like, do you write a lot? Do you write every day? I don't write every day. I wish I was one of those people that wrote every day. Um, like some people would be like, yeah, I'm writing right now. Yeah, like I, <laughs> you know, I've gotten into those modes, you know, I've, where, where, where I've, I've done that. And, um, you know, it, it, different things work for different people. Um, usually these days it's, it's more like, okay, I need to write some songs. And, and it's like a whole frame of mind that needs to shift for me. Um, which is why people say to write every day, so you're just in it all the time. But it's good for me to step away from it too. And um, you know, writing writing songs can be emotionally torturous for me. Um, and and just sure. you know, um, just digging into into that world and and critiquing yourself and everything. So I need to be prepared, and I need to be in the mode where you know, usually a deadline helps. And uh, where it's like, okay, I gotta write yeah. some songs. What shit is going on in my head right now? Let's get it out. <laughs> that's sort of that's sort of how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever write with other people? I have. Um, I uh, well, back in the bridge days, Kenny and I collaborated on some stuff, and then uh, yeah, it's mostly by myself. But I did a record with Ivan Neville, and uh, yeah, that was that was probably the most co-writing relationship that I that I that I have, and we we continue to uh, over the pandemic. We were. We were uh, passing some stuff back and forth over over text and 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 collaborating on, on lyrics and stuff and, and so that was that was really fun. So yeah, he's he's one of my uh, few writing partners now. And I um, other than that, I'd I'd like to do it more. I just it, I think it's a hard thing to find the right partner for that. You know, um, I know there's guys in Nashville that like sit in a room and have like you know eight different writing appointments booked throughout the day. And maybe if I was in that zone, I would do that. But yeah, to me, it just, you know, you open yourself up so much and you're so vulnerable. It takes a special kind of vibe between two people to, to be able to pull it off, I think. Yeah, well, I was going to pitch you some song ideas, but I don't know if I'm going to. No, 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 let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I would love to do that with you. I, you know, I, I, I would love to be doing it more. There's always, I have several friends, Paul Hoffman from Green Sky, we talk about it. And like, you know, I'd love to. I just love to do it more. It's, you know, it's, I think, just finding the time to sit down and do it, you know? Yep, yep. I read in, um, one of the things I do to prepare for these, I read other interviews, uh -huh. you know, <laughs> of yours. And I found out some interesting shit, actually. Oh, yeah? But, um, well, there is some interesting stuff. That's good. I read, I read an interview where you were asked about your guitar influences. And the first ones you list are Tony Rice, Doc mm -hmm. Watson, Clarence White, Jerry Garcia. These are all bluegrass musicians. Mm -hmm. Yeah including Jerry, by the way. Yeah. Um, so you're into bluegrass. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I caught the bluegrass bug pretty heavy. Like when I was early on, probably two years into playing guitar, I discovered Tony Rice. And that just like blew my mind. And he, to this day, is my favorite acoustic guitar player of all time. And um, yeah, I just really, I even started playing banjo for a few months, put the guitar down. I was I was all in, man. Yeah, we, I, th I think most of us go through that. Yeah, through that banjo phase, right. where you like you think you think it's going to be a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Like I remember walking. I was in college when I was in that phase. It's a good time for it. Yeah, um, that's when that's when mine was. It's a good time for a lot of phases. It's a good time for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, Experimental. And I remember like walking to class and like working on my forward roll. Oh, you were that guy, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And like walking into class with a with a friggin' banjo you know and and then realizing like I was like what I had that moment where I'm like 
what am I, what was I thinking, <laughs> you know? Like uh, our, our, our Dobro player, Andy Hall, talks about his, in his college phase, one day he was, he was working for Greenpeace and he was living in uh, Boston. And this isn't a banjo related thing, but he, he realized, he got on the city bus and he realized he had sandals, a full daishiki, and the only thing he was carrying was a macrame pouch with a bowl and weed in it. Like that's all he left the house with to go to work. And he was like, wow, I'm that it's guy. It's like a dream, yeah. You know, like, I'm that guy. Yeah. Um, we all have those moments where you're like, oh, man, I've, yeah. really, I've really done it this time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was the guy for a little while that sat, like, in the stairwell of the dorm just clanging banjo <laughs> for hours. So. All by yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, let me just ask you a couple more questions, and then we'll play some more music or play some music together. Um, yeah. you, played with, like, you played with so many people it's like almost kind of borderline absurd. I mean, you've, you've played a lot of music with a lot of people. Um, we talk a little bit about that, like about, about collaborating, what that means to you? Yeah, yeah, no, I've been lucky to mix it up a lot. I mean, I um, just did some gigs with Green Sky Bluegrass. I've sat in with the infamous String Dusters, which is a huge honor. And um, Nice of you to say. I go down to uh, New Orleans for Jazz Fest, and I have lots of friends down there that invite me to come sit in and you know it's it's the biggest honor you could you could have as a musician and I pride myself on you know I've never tried to pigeonhole one particular genre um, you know of guitar playing song songwriting and and so it's nice to know that I can just drop into any situation and, and people trust me to just play serve the music and and that's what I kind of have always taken pride in rather than rather than being like a guy who who can like impress everyone it's more somebody who who knows how to how to serve anything that that he's playing so yeah awesome. thank you yeah on that note why don't we why don't we play some music let's do it why don't we why don't we do our service let's do it through the music. Speaking of, I mean, Travis Book and Devin Neal, they just learned my songs this week, and uh, you'll, you'll hear talk about serving the music. It's an honor to play with these gentlemen.
about it for these guys, man. This is a portion where Travis is having me play a few by myself, and um, I might have had a different plan, but you know, I was moved by your monologue at the beginning of the program today, and, um, and um, just, you know, Travis Book is, is a righteous dude, and one of, one of those kind of people who isn't afraid to speak his mind and, and uh, use whatever platform he may find himself to, to try to 
do good and speak some truth. So I appreciate that about you, buddy. And yeah, you can give him a hand for that. You know, because uh, there's a lot of people out there that maybe don't want to hear that when they come to see a show. I try to keep it like non-confrontational, you know. I'm <laughs> yeah. not. I'm not like trying to cause any problems. Of course not. To walk out. No, of course. I'm so not hopefully in the nobody. So I mean, I'm going to do this song. Hopefully nobody walks out, you know. But uh, you know, it's all I right. Could, I'll, I'll keep track and I'll deduct it from your pay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told to shut up and sing on occasion. But uh, you know, so I decided to just uh, write a song instead that uh, I think speaks a lot of things that were on my mind. This is a uh, style of music called a talking blues. Kind of inspired by Woody Guthrie, Bob Dylan. Anyway, I decided to speak my mind about some things that were important to me. So I wrote a talking blues song about it. So I'll present to you the talking NRA blues. See, back in 1871, when the Civil War was good and done, a couple of Union generals, Burnside was one, were still kind of bummed about something. See, it was nice and all to win the war, but the truth was his marksmen had been pretty horrible, using a gun called the Smooth Bore, and all of them weren't known to be too efficient. They were kind of lacking in precision. It was kind of an issue that needed fixing. In fact, their accuracy was so pathetic, about one in a thousand was the number they said that a shot that was fired actually made someone dead. No way to run a real country. So to try to save America from humiliation and to keep up with the rest of the developed nations, they formed the National Rifle Association under the time of the actual assumption it'd be a sports club for hunting and gun instruction. Not for nothing, but back then they even wanted control of them. See, they viewed the right from which it was based in the frontier survival of the early days when a man had to protect himself in wide open space, duty not to be played with or wasted. Till the 70s, they stayed pretty true to that mission, sport, skill, history, and tradition, till two guys named Carter and Knox had a vision to do away with all that business. See, any control of a gun was too much. A slippery slope, they thought, maybe the cusp of a full confiscation of guns, so they mustn't put any rules up to disrupt what our forefathers trusted we'd understand justly, even after roughly a hundred year cycle since them old pump rifles. But still, they'd be damned if they'd ever submit to a hypothetical tyrannical government. After all, they didn't trust the people running it, so they thought, let's just give them some money to lobby against legislation intended for ex-cons and mentally unstable men and really anyone having laws they'd need to bend to get whatever weapon they wanted. Couldn't be stunted. Didn't even matter if they hunted or how many rounds per minute the gun did. Cause it's all green in the middle, Sonny. came old Moses himself, Charlton Heston, and a fella named LaPierre as the new vice president and the politicking got even more aggressive. After all, they had to protect their investment. A lot of cash to be made in patriotism, so they swapped out militia with the word individual, preached it was every man's God-given will to be vigilant to the red, white, and blue. 
Never mind if there's maybe a loose cannon or two Or some loner decides that what he ought to do Is take it out on some folks with a shiny and new Unregulated AR-15 So shiny and clean Such a fine machine Cause when the news breaks They'll just offer up a couple of thoughts and prayers Wait for some sales to double Blame it on the TV or the liberal judges Or some video games if they gotta Cause now's not the time to get soft after all With so many enemies great and small You'd surely better be quick on the draw In fact, buy them all up if you wanna They might be coming for your mama Barack Hussein Obama So let me just say, shooting's fun, I can dig it, but so's driving fast, that's why there's a speed limit, cause otherwise what's to stop someone from giving it gas as they go through a school zone? Speaking of schools, I'd prefer if I knew that my daughters could go there without bulletproof in their backpacks, that they could sit back in the cafeteria and snack real relaxed like, without having to worry about the attack of the incel with the holograph sight. One more thing I just can't grapple with is how there's a 1.2 gun per capita. That means more than one gun for every single inhabitant, like all 300 million people. More than one gun for each of them. Now, I'm no mathematician, but that kind of division seems unreasonable. Because all that it takes is a couple of loose screws and a dose of some 24-7 cable news and a regular old case of the Monday blues, and boom, there goes a the neighborhood. And thanks to guys like LaPierre and Knox, the sports club don't care about how good a shot you are or if there's maybe a red flag to spot to think maybe you just might not need one. But what's a school kid or two between them? The price of freedom. I can respect that you might have a family that you'd like to protect if things ever got gnarly, and I support that fully and wholeheartedly. But man, do we need the whole army? Because there we were in the year 2020 with the GOV apostrophe T acting funny, secret police in the streets, and not one of you seem to be reaching for your peace. I guess all that don't tread on me stuff and such is a talking point that you can use as a crutch, then I'd have to say that you just love guns so much. If that's the case, I get it, trust me. It's not enough to justify upwards of hundreds of thousands of deaths in this country. And how about the constitutional scholars that live and die by the words of our forefathers, but when the time comes seemingly can't be bothered if peaceful protesters get shot up. As long as they're not us, the real patriotic desperatus, sitting on our cold dead hands. So I'm guessing my point, to keep a short story long, somewhere the old NRA got it wrong. The original intent to keep our soldiers strong and prepared just went out the window. To cash in and become a lobbying arm for more and more guns, no matter the harm. But man, we're a long way from back at the farm, so we might need to rethink the system. I ain't saying I got the wisdom, I'm just saying. If the mark was a deer for which they thought they needed some real military precision, I think they missed it. The Second Amendment is only one sentence, and the word regulated is hard to forget. But I guess LaPierre and old Moses C. Heston, Oliver North, and the whole damn rest of them couldn't care less if you pass any tests or have crimes to confess. They consider it best. Let them possess. Build the war chest. Make them all think that the being the best they can be to suppress the hypothetical, tyrannical, 
government of the U.S. of A. Because happiness is warm gum. Happiness is warm gum. Happiness is warm gum. Thank you so much. You know, if you watch these live streams without the sound and they do the closed captions, I wonder if anybody was doing that. <laughs> got the work cut out for yeah. All right, how about some cigar box guitar? Yeah. Everyone's favorite portion of the show. Show's cool. It is cool. See, you're not just some average middle-aged white guy. You're the middle-aged white dude <laughs> with, the, middle with the cigar guy. box, man. <laughs> you gotta, it's true. You gotta, you gotta take hold of whatever <laughs> makes you unique. I'm so, so, so glad you're here, and I'm glad you brought that box. Hell yeah. Some sweet tooth. Step right up, get you by your hand. Alligator hooker in the can of meat. Red alive, struggling like a monster can. I'm running around a flame. Step right up, get a while as high. Anything you want under the big top. And that monkey with the soda pop. Beating the drum all day. 
Nothing slides full play. Everybody speed day. Catch up with the quick bay. Hook line sinker. Ain't no need to think about it. Anything you want, you gotta find it's the spot of your gate. Gotta try to catch it with the shoulder tension deficit. And no need to crap his own. Prove that I cross reference. It just did him with the shine on the front. Now I make a sign. I had to worry about a win. Step right up. Get to my Is it all right if I ask Chris a few more questions before we go back to going crazy again? Just a few. So, Chris. <laughs> that was fun, by the way. Yes, it was. What is it? What is it? What, are you tr what is it you're trying to do? With your music, are you trying to enlighten? Are you trying to entertain? Um, yeah. What's your mission? <laughs> All of those things. Um, you know, it's... I, I think what I like about any art is just sort of like when it opens up into some sort of portal where it's not necessarily telling you what to think or spelling things out for you, but just opening your mind into a space where you then can explore your own being. And that's uh, sort of the, the meta new age description <laughs> of it. But, um, you know, I, I, I feel like by the act of seeing somebody get enraptured in, in, in art or a piece of art that was, that was birthed out of out of an honest intention, I think, I think that inspires indirectly um, anyone who comes in contact with it. And so that's, that's what art's done for me. It's like by listening to, to certain music, reading certain books, looking at certain art, and then being able to like manifest that in my own way it's into something inspirational. I think it's just this cycle. That, that, that's why art is so, is so essential. It's not just, you know, a one night out where you're boogieing down, I mean, that's all great, but just what you take away from it and how, and how you, you manifest that in, in your own life, so. If that makes sense. That's what I'm going for anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's, what I, that's what I was asking. Like, what are you trying to do, man? <laughs> yeah, I like what you're trying to do there. 
Um, what's your what do you, what do you find is your one of your biggest ch what's your biggest challenge as a musician and as a creator? Um, just uh, writing writing songs is never easy for me. You know, so just 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 evolving as an artist and trust. I think trusting myself might you know any any artist um, that's that's doing honest work would hopefully tell you that. Um, just you know, because it's uh, when when you write a new, it's like every time I sit down to write a song, it feels like I'm never gonna ever write another song again. I mean, you know that feeling where like you have a great show, and then and then it's the next day, and can you can you do it again? And and just trusting yourself to 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 put forth the right intention, and uh, that's really all I can control. So, but that that's the hardest to deal with, I guess, is when you're making a career out of art, since there's so much at stake, being able to, uh, to keep the honest intention and to, and to stay in the right place and, and still produce, you know, that's, that's sort of the, uh, what I guess separates the men from the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or women from the girls. Yeah. From the, ha the, the, the doing it from the not yeah. doing it. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's never, it, it's, luckily it's still challenging and, and just totally, mind-boggling to me every time I sit down and try to create new work um, just where to start where to go and 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 I hope it never stops challenging me I mean I you know I think I've gotten better at the, the thing of trusting myself and trusting that that if I just control what I can control and, and put forth the right emotions and intentions that that hopefully good good things will come out but um, until it does it's like until, until the bitter end of of a record being completed or a song being completed, it's like, I have nothing, I have nothing, I have nothing, okay, I'm done. You know, <laughs> like, it's sort of the way it is, but. When you, when you write a song like, like that last tune, Big Top, when you finish it, do you just, like, do you just know? Like, did you know, like, you, you finished that song and you were like, yes. This yeah, is, this yeah. Is like, I did it. Sometimes, did it. yeah, yeah, sometimes. I, I knew that one would be like a fun banger to play live and, you know, it, it's it's a fun Banger. one, but yeah, there's there's some that surprise me that uh, you know you think is track seven on the record, just to, that that you needed another song, and it ends up being the one that lasts the longest, and and you know, that's the beauty of it, though. Like we were talking about before, it's like time will take care of whether or not it's good, you know, and, yep. and it's and it's being able to to put it out there and 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 you know hope that people get where you were coming from, and you know. So, so not always. Once in a while, it's like, yeah, but, uh, but not always. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's kind of like, for me, there's almost like two levels where like I, I'll complete something and I'll be like, I think that this, I think this is, this is ready for public consumption yeah. and I feel yeah. good about it. There's other times that I finish something and I'm just like psyched to have finished it, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. And like, I don't even know like what my bandmates are going to think about right. it. They probably aren't even going to like it. Right. Like I, I wrote a Christmas song the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah. Even just like thinking about it makes me so happy. But I played it for my bandmates, and they're kind of like, "Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what we could do with that." I'm like, "No, it's amazing." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I uh, I just finished making a record a couple months ago, and and I went into a totally different. Uh, I was working with a producer, Brad Cook, and uh, it just I just sort of stripped away all the past expectations that I'd always had going into records. I stripped away like the feeling of needing to check 
whatever boxes I needed to check for a record and just tried to write songs that needed to be written in, in that moment. Uh, half the record was written right in the, in the week that I recorded them. And, and there was a couple that I was like, yeah, this is, like I wrote it in the, in the night before, brought it in and showed it to everybody. And it was like, yeah, let's do that. That's just as good as anything you've, so you know, it's uh, That's a good feeling, isn't it? It, it is, and, and you know, yeah. so it's, um, so yeah, sometimes you know, and some, it, it's all about getting out of your own way, you know what I mean? It's all about just like letting it, letting it happen, guiding it, letting it happen, guiding it, you know, zoom in, zoom out, drive yourself crazy, repeat. <laughs> I was reading, in interviews with you, the word, the word love comes up a lot when you're talking about your band and collaborating and making music. Um, you know, without sounding like Tina Turner, what what is what's love got to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, how does that? What what? Wait, yeah. What is what does that mean to you? I mean, music, collaborating with people, it's it's business, but it's it's so much more than that. And that's when you're lucky enough to find a situation where you're where you're you get to play music with people that you actually love. It it just makes the whole experience so much more worthwhile and and I think people that are listening to it can feel that you know you, you can tell when you see people who who kind of hate each other on, on stage playing or going through the motions but you know I genuinely love the people in my band and it's sort of a prerequisite you know to be in a band with with people that that you love you're spending a lot of time with them and it just you know all of that indirect abstract energy other than the music it, it's all a part of coming together and being vulnerable together and creating together and trusting each other. So, so yeah, it's hugely important, hugely important. Like if I don't, if I don't like somebody or somebody doesn't like me, even if, if, you know, they're, they're the greatest musician in the world, like I'm, I'm okay. Just, you know, us going in our own lanes, you know, not that I have any enemies out there, but I'm just saying that's just as important to me as how well somebody can play. Yeah. And you can feel that right away. Yeah. You know, yeah. some people I think are a little more sensitive to that. Yeah, I mean, I do love people who I wouldn't be in a band with because they're not good, but <laughs> but I love them anyway. So I guess love works, whether you're in a band or not. <laughs> it, wor it works. It, it works in every way. Every way. It's it's, it's all yeah. there is. All right, uh, I call this the lightning round, but don't uh -oh. feel like it's not like you know one word answers. Okay. You know, you can elaborate if you want. It's not like we're. It's not like we got a time limit or anything. All right. Speed round, lightning round. Ready? Yeah. What's something you learned from your father? How good the Grateful Dead is. <laughs> Man, I wish my dad had taught me that. <laughs> I had to find that out on my own. What's something uh, fatherhood has taught you? Um, to be selfless. Yep, that's the only way to do it. Why do you get up in the morning? Because life is beautiful, and I have a wonderful family, and there's music to be made, and, and I love, you know, a family to take care of and feed. <laughs> yeah. I kind of have to. <laughs> uh, what, what, what color is your front door? We just moved. It's, uh, we painted it black. You painted your own front door black? Uh huh Bold, bold strategy. It's a yellow house. Oh, sick. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, I got it now. Um, <laughs> we just moved, so I had to think about. It. Yeah, I was. Well, I, I was. I was gonna ask if you'd painted it yourself. You answered the question. No, I didn't paint it myself. No, I did not. Yeah, I did not. Yeah. Uh, what What's the most important thing? Oof. 
lightning round question, huh? <laughs> I think it, I think it, all it means is that my question is short, <laughs> but the yeah, answer yeah. can be long. Most important thing to me is my family. Yeah. 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 And I think that's either the most important thing in life. What is, what, just a couple more. What do you hope for? I hope to keep playing music for a living and feed my family. That's really all I can ask for at this point. I'm 44. I don't think I'm going to be a, a pop star at this point. Probably not. Right? You don't, you don't want that anyway. Well, you know. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be fine. We'll take care of you. Yeah. So I just, we'll, you know. We'll keep listening to you. I haven't had, an, haven't had a day job in 20 years, and I play music for a living and support a family. So that's what I hope to keep doing for the rest of my life. Is there anything that you're afraid of? Not being able to play music for a living and having to <laughs> go get a real job. Okay. okay, and I think I already know the answer to this. My final question, what is it that makes you happy? Um, I mean, there's so many things. But, um, yeah, I hate to keep going back to it, but, you know, when, when my family is taken care of, it feels like, and, you know, things are working and there's a few bucks in the bank. I mean, really, I, I'm a simple guy. You know yeah. what I mean? At this point, that's, that's really what, what I hope for. Um, you know, fame and fortune would be nice, but, that, but you know, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, you that's, know? that's much more important. That's Chris Jacobs, everyone. Generation would have 
Mama was a red bone.
wake up and move on. On my way to get up to walk and move it on down the road. Some call me church out sinner. Some call me great God saint. Some call me anything what is you wanna call me the devil or Jesse James. Call me a church out sinner. Call me a grave out saint. Call me anything what you want to. Call me the devil or Jesse James. Come me a church out sinner. Come me a grave out saint. Call me anything but it's wanna call me the devil, Jesse James. Call me the devil, Jesse James. Call me the devil, Jesse James. On the drums, everybody. Travis Book. I'm Chris Jacobs. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you have a good night. We'll see you soon. Be well to each other. Be kind. Keep that chin up. This has been the Travis Book Happy Hour Podcast. Thanks for listening. Huge thanks to Chris Jacobs, Devin Neal, Thompson Guitar, Americana Vibes, and the Bluegrass Situation. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and leave a positive review. It really helps us out. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Travis Book Happy Hour and online at thetravisbookhappyhour.com. If you'd like to see me live, catch me on tour with the infamous String Dusters or Tuesday evenings at 185 King Street in Brevard, North Carolina, where I host Travis Book and Friends, or episodes of the Travis Book Happy Hour.